for the players. I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And this is For the Players, the pop culturist PlayStation <laughs> podcast of the 40 years of playing PlayStation and 10 plus years in that game's meaning. I'd like to thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, you can. Come and check out our fake Facebook, our Instagram, Twitter, Discord. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to our very real twitch.tv slash thepopcultures, where you can watch us record this show live, where you can jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this PlayStation pod. If you are listening to podcast services, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you watch us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, leave a comment below as I endeavor to answer every single comment. If you want to support us financially, you can at our very inactive Patreon at patreon.com slash the pop culturist. Uh, or you can head over to our, our merchandise, merchandise store, go to popculture.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit without logos on it. Sorry, uh, we've, we've had interesting fun in the chat here on Twitch. Uh, we've got Max sipping gin and tonics before he goes to work. Chat's having a, a blast. Mod BZ's there and mods are very handsome. That is true. Oh, hey, they're handsome. Oh, they called us handsome. <laughs> Tons of fun. We had someone coming in before, you know, telling us we should buy some subs. We've got someone saying, hey, they made a fake Instagram for us. And I was like, oh, that's cool. We'd be able to use our one. So that's fun. Um, and then, of course, there's all the regular usuals coming in and having a damn bit of fun. Hi, Max. How's, how's the pre-drink? <clears throat> yeah, not too bad. So what are you sipping? Not- What's your sipping today? Ah, uh, just gin, gin and tonic. Gin and tonic, some but fan- it's it's, it's some- not it's not just gin. It's fancy pants gin. I mean, it's it's fancy blue gin that turned pinkish purple when I added the tonic water. He's he he's such a gamer, ladies, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, wherever you choose to sit on the gender spectrum. Uh, he has, RGB, he, my drinks. Yeah, he has RGB. He's that much of a gamer. He has gamified drinks. Yeah, <clears throat> fucking nerd. How's week been? <laughs> not too bad i mean it's been fine it started aggressively fun. holy shit i you know as usual worked monday to friday nothing nothing too out of the ordinary there but um on uh saturday we took our took our kid to a few kinder open days because we had to start getting ready for kinder and uh you know we we found one in torquay we went down there had we had a blast oh, but, but which, when you, by the time you move to the new space that's not so far it's, away it's, yeah. it's i mean it's only 15 minutes from where we are now like it's really not that bad mm-hmm. and um so we were there for about an hour talking to the teachers it was kind of just a one we were the only people there it was which was cool so hadley kind of got to play with all the staff have a look around she got really excited because they have a pet turtle that she got oh. to take out of the tank and and play with and then um she turned around and she's like uh the 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 person who ra- runs the, uh, the 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 kindergarten's like, just out of curiosity, when does Hadley turn three? I'm like, oh, she turns three this year, just before Christmas. And she's like, oh, so she'll be already three when she does three-year-old kinder. I'm like, yes. She's like, are you aware that that will mean that she will be 17 for her entire year 12 life? Oh, 
This kindergarten teacher knows what's up. Fun fact for those that may not be Australian. The legal drinking age in here in Australia is 18. The final year of high school is the year that you presumably turn 18. Um, as someone who turned who turned 18 in November of uh, their year 12 year, I feel Hadley's potential pain here. Because mm. uh, I had to wait a very long time to, and to yeah. make it even worse, my birthday is the first week of, uh, is like in like the first week of November, right? And uh, where are all year twelve exams? First week of November, so I couldn't even have fun. So she's like, you know, is that something that you want to deal with, or do you want to wait a year and let her go to do them all essentially a year <laughs> later, and then it's just. Uh, you you either do like two three years of kinder instead of two, or you you know and you start her a year late. Then she's eighteen for her entire year twelve. Mum suggested that she does one year of three year old kinder, one year of four year old kinder, and then has a gap year in Queensland with my parents a gap year. before starting school. <laughs> she's fucking five. She have a gap year. What the hell? Go caravanning around Australia. I did quite. I did have a little bit of a chuckle because essentially the uh, in the Twitch chat, Twitch.tv slash Pop Culturist, if you uh, want to join the chat show live uh, every Sunday night. Uh, the, the essentially the um, the chat is in unison of like what what's the presumption that she's going to finish, not not have to repeat any years. So they are questioning uh, the current uh, educational ability of your child preemptively because <laughs> like i i cheated a little bit so i in in australia the legal when you get your peas to, to drive by yourself it's 18 however it's 17 in some states so i pissed off to a different state and got my license and came back so i could drive a year earlier than everyone else in victoria mm-hmm. so although i wasn't 18 i couldn't go out i could at least drive all my friends <laughs> Yeah. So, so look, I, I, you know, Shane mentions it in the chat as well. As someone who was 18 in year 12, mm. I was annoyed at my 17 year old friends who had to plan schoolies around. That's this guy. I was the one that fucked up everyone's plans Com- completely. Well, see, we, we didn't have that problem because we, our schoolies, we didn't go, we went to Lawn mm. and just stayed at someone's holiday house and just got wasted in private. So it didn't matter if people were or not. Mm hmm. So, I mean, it just, yeah, it, it, it just depends on, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But she's definitely going to kinder next year. So. Nice. Nice. Yeah. But, yeah, it's exciting times, man. Like, it's because, it's you know, uh, like, my boy's in school and, you know, it's 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 crazy times. You know, like, they, they age up real quick and you go, oh. So, like, I reached, out to, I reached out to a few people. I'm like, hey, do you have any recommendations? And I, I was talking to my auntie. I'm like, hey, do you have any recommendations? Just like... So I can spend a while since I've had to send the kid to kinder, but um, I'm doing uh, high school applications. You got any ideas? They're <laughs> <laughs> like, it's been a while since I've been to a high school. <laughs> mm. Yeah, it's been like twelve years since I finished high school, at least. Wait, yeah. no, fuck, fourteen years. Holy yeah. shit! Damn, that's been a long ass time. But my week, my week has, has not been too bad. Just working, working mm. as, as I have been. No random wrestling shows this week for the first time in what feels like forever. I do have uh, one next week and one the week after, so prepare for that. Uh, <laughs> mid, mid, midweekers or weekenders? Ah, uh, no, just weekenders. Uh, that's but other than that, like, so it, it is my dad weekend this weekend. I I, uh, I had my boy. 
So we spent um, this weekend uh, just hanging around, gallivanting. So as all kids in there, like between the ages of five and ten, just seem to have this obsession with with YouTube and uh, like watching bullshit let's plays and stuff so hence why my son is in so much in love with hello neighbor he's since fallen down the dreaded five nights at freddy's hole which i'm not stoked about but yeah so on saturday we went to the like the local are you not are you not stoked because of like it's horror themes or that it's just a garbage game it's it's a garbage game it's a garbage (laughs) game and a garbage franchise that's the part that's bumming me out like hello neighbor is kind of fun you know, and like the, the, the latest Five Nights at Freddy's, like Security Breach, whatever, that seems okay. Like, it seems better than the old ones. But there are two particular characters in the new Five Nights at Freddy's. Uh, Sun Drop and Moon Drop. Uh, I fucking know what it is. It's some character that chases you around in the game. Um, my son's like, I want toys of it. I'm like, I don't think that's possible, but he was pretty serious about it. So we went to Pop Culture. We went to Toy World. We went to like Kmart and all that, the other, and find nothing. Turns out it's not even, there's none available in the country at the moment. Just period. There's not released here yet. I'm like, ha ha, sucker. Um, but uh, yeah, so we ended up just doing that. And then we, we spent the day just um, hanging out, playing games, which was a, a ton of fun. Um, so I guess that'll transition to game, what games we've been playing. So my son, is uh, he's very much on the idea. Um, my Yeah, my son is, he's very much getting into, into games now. And he's very much likely going to be ADHD like me. So we're starting to i'm starting to see those things come through with him just like jumping between games like constantly like today alone we played uh the the dlc for pj mask as we finished we started uh lego batman 3 beyond gotham we played this goosebumps point and click game for a while uh we played oh sure we played today uh, we went in, we went back into dreams so max and i did a stream like f- four years ago uh where we played a bunch of stream uh, games on dreams and my son loves it and he watches it all the time for some reason and there's one particular game that we played it's this really like silent hill uh inspired horror game my kid loves horror games clearly and so he goes out of nowhere we're sitting on the couch and we're playing whatever and he goes what about that spooky game the one with the door shut by itself and you said fuck I'm like you gotta narrow you got that's you spent a really wide net here dude um i i that happens a lot in spooky games that i play and i like that happened in real life this morning yeah, i do swear <laughs> a lot mate so you're gonna need to be more specific and he's like, oh, it's the one that you and Max did on, on the games. You know, there was the the racing game and the game with the hand and the cooking. I'm like, oh, Dreams. Why did you think of that all of a sudden? So we downloaded Dreams, went back and played a bunch of those old games that we did in that stream, which were which a ton of fun. And um, yeah, no, it was, it was really, really good. But uh, yeah, so we've got to, got to sort of sprinkle us over a, like a, a platter of different games today, um, which was fun. Um, but it, the whole time I'm sitting there going, I wish I could be playing Cult of the Lamb right now. How good's Cult of the Lamb? I wish I could play that. And here he is playing some bullshit kids game. I'm like, <laughs> Cult of the Lamb though. That would be nice. <clears throat> Speaking of Cult of the Lamb, uh, I have been playing, that's probably the only game that I've really spent a lot of my time with this week. Uh, now we will preface as well. Uh, we 
We have, uh, you know, it's, it's up on the socials. We have received a copy of The Last of Us Part 1 uh, from PlayStation Australia. Obviously, hard zip until uh, embargo date, which is like uh, 1st September, End of I the think. month. The end of the month. End of the month. So uh, keep an eye out for that later in the, later in the month. Beginning of next, <clears throat> there will be some stuff coming. Obviously, can't do shit right now. But other than that, uh, yeah, Cold of Lamb. Still playing it. Uh, there's uh, I'm on I'm on the last bishop. Uh, there's the fifth one apparently, which I which I didn't consider until um, just recently. I'm like 18 ish hours deep, which for me is a long time to focus on one game. Like that's a long time. So I'm really really enjoying that. And um, yeah, that's 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 been a ton of fun. Like my my cult is ranked to the the, the maximum tier. I'm just I'm pretty much just collecting shit at the minute like almost everything on the skill tree is done i've got all the doctrines all the this that the other i'm i'm now just just piss farting around and keeping things keeping the momentum going while i head into the next um next bishop and game's still really really good one of the things i love about it is that it lays the groundwork really early on it kind of goes here are the mechanics it doesn't like add or grow or div- you know I, I mean that in terms of like it doesn't overcomplicate it as you progress it goes mm. this is what it is things just get stronger cool and then you go and then like so even three hours in six hours in nine hours in 15 hours in 20 hours in it's still the same grain game it's still the same loop but that's not a to me that's not a bad thing that kind of hits that part of my brain that likes that loves farming sims so much because it's like, oh, cool. I know what I'm getting. I don't have to relearn and, and expand my knowledge on these different skills and moves and this, that, the other. I can just come in and go, it's still the same thing? Sweet. Let's keep that grind going. Let's run it again. Let's get more resources. Let's get more followers. Let's keep pushing through till I get to that bishop. Game's so fucking good. So fucking good. So good. Because you haven't touched it in a couple of days, have you? No, I, it's been a couple of days since I've played it, so I'm about 12-ish hours in. <clears throat> I'm the same as you, so I've done the first two bishops. I'm on the third. I've pretty much capped my tech tree. I've done most of the doctrines. Um, I've got a guy who runs around my base being like, oh, you, you owe me money. So I've just got like this constant stream of money coming in, which is yes. awesome. <clears throat> um, I find that... I'm now at the point where if I walk in, because uh, when you when you start a run, you get offered a curse and a weapon, and if my curse or weapon's garbage, I just leave. I'm like, fuck this, I can't be bothered trying to. I like, I know I'm not going to get very very far with this, and I'll just leave. I'll just leave the dungeon and then go back in and see see what I get because I only like. The dagger. Oh, like I love very the battle attacking. axe. Fuck the hammer. The battle axe all the way. If I get offered the dagger, the axe, or the claws, I'm all for it. If I get offered anything else, I leave. Because <laughs> they're all garbage. It's, one of, it's, it's, it's similar to Hades, right? You walk out and you go, oh, go back. <laughs> you know, it's all good. But like, you know, the, ga- the game's burnt. Like I tried to, I I just do the run anyway, even if it's a poo weapon. Because look, best case scenario, I get so far real and I just fucking scoot myself out of there. Um, but yeah, no, the battle axe is the way to go. I have the most success mm-hmm. with the battle axe, like every time they, but, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, oh, so fucking good. So, so fucking good. 
I have also spent some time with Rollerdrome. Yeah, so big thank you uh, to the dev team uh, who provided us the code for Rollerdrome. That's Private Division. Uh, and, uh, oh, what's the name? The guys that make Oli Oli World. Uh, it's gone. Keep chatting and it'll come back to me. Uh, so, <clears throat> it is basically... 17? No. I think you have Team 17. Anyway. Hangar 13. But no, uh, I'm thinking Hangar 13. They're the guys that made Mafia. Also part of Private Division. Oh, roll seven. Thanks, Buck. <laughs> uh, so this is a... A kind of sort of roller derby game, but with guns. Mm-hmm. And not so much roller derbying. <clears throat> so you're essentially a skater. And it's... The easiest way to kind of explain what it is, it kind of reminds me of a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater level. Mm. So there's tasks or uh, essentially optional quests to do in each one. And you go through and you try and defeat waves of enemies. And the enemies change as you progress. I'll play the first three-ish, four-ish levels. So at the moment, I only have two weapon types. You've got your basic pistols and I have access to a shotgun. Uh, so the fun of this game is as you're shooting, you run out of bullets to get bullets back. You need to do tricks. So you go up your ramps, you do your spins, you do your flips, and that recovers your ammo. You can then essentially enter bullet time and just go and just like shoot everyone as you're flipping around in circles, doing your sweet tricks, therefore gaining ammo whilst you're shooting, (laughs) which is really cool. Uh, it has a dodge mechanic in which enemies will shoot back at you. Each enemy type has a different weapon. That um, I've run across snipers, rocketeers, and just guys who just try and bash you with bats. So you can just dodge roll through them. You get bonus points if you do essentially perfect dodges. You kind of... <clears throat> the game slows down a bit, allows you to shoot them back. The rockets that are shot at you, you can shoot out of the sky. And then the different enemy types themselves. So, you know, there's your usual standard grunts who are just... You just shoot them. But, you know, some of them have shields once they get shot once. So if you don't kill them quick enough, they, they, they get an overshield. You have to wait for that shield to drop. Some enemies have riot shields. So you have to blast them with the shotgun to break the shield before you can shoot them. The shotgun's awesome in the fact that when you when you shoot it normally, it's a, it's a pellet shotgun. But if you use the bullet time, a little, a little there's basically like a little timer on the crosshair where the two sides meet and it becomes a slug shotgun. So it works better from a range. I've had a load of fun with it. Yeah. The example it's, that I heard the other day was like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater meets my friend Pedro. Yeah. Yeah. Because like admittedly, like I've wanted to spend some time with it because this is the one game that, <clears throat> what, what was it? What was it? Uh, was it in the PlayStation? Was it a state of play? Yeah. And everyone's was like, oh my God, Roller Dream look, Roller Dream looks so good. My like, it looks like bomb. Like none of it looked appealing to me. It looked empty. empty. The uh, art design looked a little bit of shit. Now, I, so I admittedly haven't jumped in on it. I planned, I did plan to this weekend, but, you know, my son takes priority, so I didn't play it. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, like, I, is will I be disappointed still, Max? I know you're having a ton of fun with it. Well, I think I mentioned to you the other night, I don't think it's for you. I don't think it's enough Tony Hawks-ish mm-hmm. to, to bring you in. Okay. Because it's very simplistic in its in its tricks. Like uh, the the core gameplay is not the trick, it's the shooting. Yeah. Um the tricks are kind of just there as a this is how you reload, this is how we're going to function that 
this is how we're going to throw that function into the game. Mm-hmm. So instead of just being boring and like picking up an ammo drop or pushing square to reload, you do some sweet flips. You you do some. You can grind. You can flip. You can. It's it's cool. Like I, I enjoy it. It's really fun. You can get in, knock out a level in a couple of minutes. It's one of those pick up and play games. I can't see myself ever sitting there for a prolonged period of time mm-hmm. and just like smashing it out for hours on end. Yeah, but I would argue that that's kind of like Roll Seven deal. But like that's, even Oli 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 Two Oli Oli World. Yeah. Like you can't sit at it for a long time because it's a little. But that's yeah. It's just repetitive enough to go. Mm. But that's not again. That's not a knock against this game. No, no, it's not just, at all. Like even with all, like, even with those previous games that I just mentioned, like they are really, really good. They are made very yeah. well. It's just that, yeah. Like, can you sit at it for too long? And then, lastly, I checked out a very old game. Oh, I have been playing The Order, eighteen eighty six. Wait, <laughs> I, you picked that up off me like this morning. So, yeah, fun fact, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Max <laughs> hits me up yesterday. He goes, hey, uh, you have the order? I'm like, yeah, why? He's like, I want to play it. I'm like, cool, I'm home all day, come grab it. Doesn't fucking rock up at all yesterday. <laughs> Doesn't tell me he's not coming. I, I leave my, my gate open. I'm like, just wander on in. Would have been helpful if you left your gate open today. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you said like, oh, and then I get messaged this morning. Oh, can I still come around? I'm like, sure. He goes, and then about 10, 20 minutes later, yeah, I'm not going to be able to get out. I'm like, yeah, no worries, whatever. I'll leave the gate shut. And then a little bit later on, you home? I'm like, sure. <laughs> so he rocks up, proceeds to have difficulty opening my gate because he has one hand apparently. <laughs> but yeah, and then anyway, you, and you grab the, the you grab uh, the order and, and head home. And I presume you've touched it slightly. I've played it for about an hour and a half. <laughs> okay. Sorry, sorry. Early early impressions of a very old game. This game looks so washed out. Yeah. <laughs> Like on my 4K screen, this game looks so washed out, and you can feel its 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 clunkiness. Um, but it seems cool. Okay, I'm look, kind in, of a, in, Craig in the chat it. does confirm my gate is shit. So yeah, it is. But that's all I've that's all I've been playing. Well, how have you found um, like does it because as you said, like it, it looks its age. Does it feel its age and how it plays? Because I tried to play it a little while ago, but I was playing it on a super- much smaller. Hearing I talk about my TV it's, on a much smaller TV, it was actually really shit to look at. So it's it's super clunky. It felt like I was playing. Yeah, about forty five QTS. Sorry, in the it chat, Reverend Park Thompson goes an hour and a half in. That's like forty five QTS because this game is essentially a glorified movie. Not a bad thing though, because apparently it's fun. It felt like I was playing. Uh, what's that? What's that Xbox third person shooter with the chainsaw gun? Oh, uh, what Gears of War? Yeah, it felt like I was playing fucking Gears of War. It, I felt really super heavy. Gears of War out of your ass. <laughs> it felt like I was like super heavy like my, and slow. And admittedly, my brain went to Warhammer Ultramarine, <laughs> yeah. and then like, wait, no, that came to PS3. So you have to like, that's a lot of my brain process real quick. Yeah, it. Just, I just felt. Like you, you play this quantum break. <laughs> quantum break. You play this. You play this skinnyish dude, but you feel like you're about three times the size. You it's do, very you slow. Feel so heavy in the order. Slow and clunky. Yeah. But it seems cool. Quantum, it seems a cool. Single fucking chainsaw in quantum. <laughs> fucking hell. Until dawn. <laughs> it's only on PlayStation. It's not even on fucking Xbox. 
Oh shit. Uh, I'm oh. pretty sure that's all I played this week. Yeah, this yeah, this coming week is pretty much just gonna be uh uh Rollerdrome, Finishing Lamb, and uh Last of Us. But I think Saints Row's right around the corner too. So ooh. Yeah, Saints Row is like two days away, I think. Oh twenty third that it comes out, right? Oh, I'm lucky that the, that the box crops about here because there's some hard nips going on right now. I don't know why, but I'm like itch we'll talk about it later, but I'm itching for Saints Row for some reason. Itching. Itching. All right. All right, let's, get, we get yeah, to- let's get into the section we call Inform the uh, Players. We tell you yeah. about what happened this week in PlayStation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface it because of the way that I've structured the news doc. I'm taking all of the Sony-related news, and you can just go into the next main one. Okay. Otherwise, you're going to end up talking about Final Fantasy for ages. Oh, uh, no, yeah, I don't want to do that. All right, so the first, the first one's very quick. Ooh. Sony, PlayStation Plus Premium have decided to take the month off. No additional games have been added to the PS Plus Premium tier. That means there are zero extra PS3, PSP, PS2, or PS1 titles this month, only its second month into the service. Also, they they did do a timed exclusive Rollerdrome trial because it is a PlayStation bonus. They promised you an hour. Users have been reporting that they're only getting 35 minutes of a trial. <laughs> The fuck, PlayStation? The fuck? <sighs> now, look. Last week. All, all the games that were added this month, were the, obviously they came to everything, but they were they came to the extra tier. There was no premium only additions. It's disgusting. It, look, we talked about this last week, and I don't want to like bitch about it all again because I think it's fucking insane. All this demonstrates is that Sony had no preparation in the release of this PlayStation Plus Premium. Something that we knew about for fucking like what felt like years. The rumor mill on this on this service was endless, and yet it comes out and they go, "I we fucking knows, right?" It's insane to me. Like the reason that people are I talked about this last week. The reason people are paying for premium. It's not for, like, yeah, game trials for some, I guess. But the people that you want to pay this much aren't people that haven't played those games before, like the trial games. These are your diehard fans. These are the ones that want to play your PS1, your PS2, your PS3 games, if you could here in Australia. That is what they're paying the money for, you fucks. Are you serious? And they go, nah, we're not giving you any. You gave us like 17 fucking Assassin's Creed games that no one wants because, I don't mean to alarm you, one Assassin's Creed game is too many Assassin's Creed games. You get you get like three different versions of fucking Monopoly, a garbage Wheel of Fortune. Uh, it's fucking... I, 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 I literally cannot understand it you are three months in yeah like there's teething but like you should have your first couple of months lined up ready to go because that is what you need you need people to be like dumb enough like us i guess to pay like years in advance and go oh oh, oh." and like there's a you can tell that there's a reason that they made everyone just completely upgrade themselves and not do it in like a relative time because they knew they knew it was going to be a shit service. They knew what they were. They knew they had nothing. 
Simple as that. <laughs> because everything that's been shown to us right now, everything that's been uploaded is essentially everything part of Ubisoft Plus. The Yakuza deal, sure, I guess probably the only thing. But then again, Game Pass had all the Yakuza's first. Like, it's just evening it out. Like, it's fucked. And like, you know, Shane in the chat mentions the point here. Maybe they hired the person that runs Games With Gold. This was the greatest concern about the idea of the premium service. But PlayStation have fucked it up. Xbox over here killing it. Killing it with Games Pass. But their Games With Gold sucks hard ass. PlayStation go, ha that's not how we do it. Your pre, like your basic ass PlayStation Plus games, mint. Fucking fantastic. The, the, the subscription service? Fuck that. Yeah, nothing. Jack shit. The fuck is wrong with this company? Uh, <clears throat> um, am, am, am I just bitching for the sake of bitching, Max? No, no. no I mean, I'm, I think I made the same comments last week. It's just, it's ridiculous. Uh, they're, they're two months in now and they're- Three months in now. Three. Is it three months? Three. I thought it was only two. Oh, I, thought we, I thought we got it at the end look, of June. I don't mean to so. alarm you. Three still not acceptable Two, really not acceptable so True. whichever numerical value of months it is still fucking dumb unreasonable it's insane yeah all right next up we have days gone but not forgotten playstation productions has a days gone film in the works with outlander actor sam hewen lined up to play deacon st john a new report from deadline claims uh, the article says Sheldon Turner is adapting the game for the big screen and Oscar-nominated scribe with credits on The Longest Yard and X-Men First Class. One of those movies was good. One of them was about mutants. <laughs> the script... <laughs> I was going to say, pick which one. <laughs> uh, the script will be, quote, a love ballad to motorcycle movies. The bike being Deacon's sole form of transportation, his horse in this would-be modern-day western end quote if true which it probably is coming from uh coming from a reputable source like deadline then the days gone move will movie will join ghost of tsushima gran turismo films as well as the last of us twisted metal god of war horizon and gran turismo tv shows as upcoming projects from playstation productions so sony are okay with making a movie but not a second game now look i had things i have things to say now i'm very opinionated tonight apparently so Max, do you want to jump in about Days Gone before I talk about well, it? Well, I don't think I'm the right person to talk about it because I've never played the game. Oh, okay. Well then, here I so, swoop right on in. Look, at least it's not Chris Pratt. All right. Um, you know, uh, first of all, I completely forgot his name was Deacon St. John, which still sounds like uh, a fucking porn actor, which is very hysterical. <laughs> I loved Days Gone. Um, unapologetically, I I love that game i think that game i mean you've got a big heart on for motorcycles so it makes sense. i absolutely don't uh <laughs> for me what i really enjoyed about it was just is a really at its core it was a heartfelt story right and it had it yes it was a bit long in the tooth um but i really really enjoyed it the way it handled like the herd um you know the herd of the freakers the relationship between um deacon and uh his buddy whose name is was a bruiser brody Whatever fucking bo- 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 Bowser, Bowser, Booze, oh fuck, whatever his name was. I, obviously, I don't care about the game that much. Uh, <coughs> that was really cool because it was that weird kind of like you know uh, ride or die brotherly love of of the M- of, a, of an MC, um, you know. And then as you sort of experience different uh, uh, settlements, I guess 
uh, Boozer, thank you, Puck. Uh, you know, with different settlements, you sort of see how people, are, how different people are responding. <coughs> excuse me, um, to the state of the world, and then the idea that it could so be heavily connected to siphon filter delicious um the fact that they held on to the the swarms the herds whatever the fuck until the back end of the game real weird um it was a game that you could clearly see that sony bend were learning as they were developing the game because the game starts out kind of rough and just gets better and better and more mechanics grow and the world gets cooler the story gets better like how they deliver missions gets better with this being such a story driven game um, with some great scenic, uh, you know, places because Oregon's quite attractive. You know, it's and it's very, uh, I don't know, like there's it, such a good aesthetic about it, especially when not many games get, you know, games take place in Oregon, let alone movies, right? So I can understand why they'd want to put it into a different medium. I think it'd be great, and I can't fucking wait. Um, especially interesting. That the, thankfully, I think there's been enough time between now and World War Z that they probably can get away with like fucking piles and piles of zombies. Um, but zombies are a, a very much a, a pun intended dead trope um, in that what dead Island two got announced this week. And no one, uh, you know, I've re-announced no one that game originally came out in the fervor of, of zombies. And now they're kind of fucking done. So they have kind of been played out. <clears throat> yeah. and I would love to watch this movie and I'm very much going to but I also feel that burn of we're not going to give you a sequel but we think your story's good enough to make it into a movie we think it's good enough to be transmedia as, as they say or you know cross media but we ain't, get, we ain't green light in the sequel I mean maybe if the movie sells well potentially but by then the, the two individuals that uh, made it um, you know, doing something Gar- else. <laughs> Garbin and uh, what's the other news? Whose name fucking escapes me right now? Um, yeah, they're, they're long gone. They left. Mm-hmm. So the people that helped, the people that were involved in Siphon Filter, the people that were involved in Days Gone, ain't around. So unless they decide to call them and go, "Hey, can you come back and do Days Gone too?" We're really sorry, which won't happen. I'm pretty sure they would then just give them the finger back as well. It's 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 tough news, man. It's tough news. Or yours. Oh, is this me? Oh, I thought this was all part of the same one. This one's called The Cultish Ways. <clears throat> Following on from last week's insinuations from Microsoft that Sony is paying to keep games off Xbox Game Pass, a podcast rumor claimed that PlayStation had paid to prevent the, the Australian-made independent game Cult of the Lamb from being included in the service. Considering the game doesn't have a marketing deal with Sony and it is not one of all the, the of all the non-existent PS Plus games this month, the suggestion that the company would pay to purposefully prevent a release from being included into a rival subscription story a subscription service, sorry, is already ludicrous. But it would appear that the source, Gary Witter, of the soon-to-be devastatingly shithouse game for Spoken uh, was speaking on the kind of funny uh, live stream. Uh, they had got that information from a Twitter account. Now, look, Twitter has been a good source of news here, there, and the other. There's some great leaks that come from it. Not from an individual with 28 followers, however. 
of course, that didn't stop the paper-thin rumor from spreading all over the internet and even picked up by many reputable news websites. It's safe to assume that individual has slightly more followers now. Devolver Digital was forced... He does not. To, you know, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Devolver Digital was forced to put out a statement telling the gamer the story is, quote, absolutely untrue. Max, what a fucking dumb rumor. <laughs> yeah. Now, um, look, we just... Look, I, I, no, guys, are you guys reputable? No. We have slightly more followers, and I wouldn't believe the shit that we say. Well, I'd like you to. Thank you for listening to the show. But we also don't have connections or rumor mills, whatever. I think there's only, there's only been like a handful of times where we've, I've actually been told something before it's dropped. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, I could leak this, but no one would believe me. Who would believe me? (laughs) I'm a hard nobody, you know? And like, clearly this guy with 28 followers is like, you know, although as much as I would love to hear. the, The tweeting question was Gary Witter, tweeting call to the lamb is not on games pass uh crying face crying face crying face and then the guy responds that's because sony paid for it not to be there and then all of a sudden it just fucking went went for it it was crazy okay so okay so hang on this rumor mill really has nothing to do with playstation and microsoft it's just gary witter a dude who has more than enough money he wrote Rogue One for fuck's sake. He's currently, he, allegedly he wrote Forspoken. I wish he hadn't because it reads like ass. Uh, he has money. And you're telling me that he won't pay the 30 bucks to buy uh, Massive Monsters independent second game they've ever made. He won't pay He won't pay the 30 bucks for the game. Not happening. Nah, instead, I have to have it on Games Pass. That is the problem with Games Pass. I've hard frozen. I've angered so hard. I've frozen my camera. Give me one sec. I'm back. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like he is not, like he is not someone that can't afford the game. And he's like, oh, it's not a game pass. I bet Sony fucking did it. I'm sorry. Fucking hell. He bought it. He just said, he was just sad it wasn't on Games Pass. Oh, I had to spend my money. It's like us going, Oh man, we didn't get a review key. Fuck not. We're not gonna play one of the greatest games of the year. Not happening. I got. We got a code. I wish I could buy the game again. Yeah. I might just buy it for funsies. It's, it's awesome. So good. <clears throat> but look, we discussed last week. I'm on real ranty tonight. My Ritalin worn out fucking hours ago. You, well, you. This is. You're, you're about to get ranty again soon. This is the, peak. The final story is a kicker this is peak adhd bets and ladies and gentlemen like th- you are in for a shit time i'm so sorry but i'm not this is <laughs> this is what six people pay for on patreon <laughs> <laughs> but look yeah, we bl- talk- blame them yeah we talked <laughs> about this ever. last week there is like it's standard industry practice to prevent people like you pay for someone to not use d- certain products it happens in stores like Coke pay a lot of money for my for McDonald's to have Coke, not Pepsi. Vice versa, right? Pepsi pay a lot of money for KFC to just use Pepsi. Uh, and fun fact, very- in fun fact, just to, yes. while you're on this on this topic, KFC in New Zealand has Coke, and Coke with KFC is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> okay, well there you go. See, 
<laughs> but like that's like that's essentially part of it. Like I'm not. I'm, do I think it's okay? Yeah. Nah, it's fine. But like, okay. Like it doesn't seem. It doesn't seem like this brutal anti-consumer practice. Look, every like ninety percent of the individuals that are bitching about non, you know, anti-consumer activities on social media or the internet, they have actually no idea what what a g- real anti-consumer marketplace or action from a from a staff a, a company is. They just because they didn't get what they want, it's deemed anti-consumer. No, that's entitlement. The truth is that, like, it's anyone in the Western world really has no idea what an actual anti-consumer company is. Really, even me, I really have no idea. All I know is that, like, looking at the framework and and the and whichever that does, that that is anti-consumerism. Having someone go, mm, I'm going to make sure it goes on every service, but not on this particular part of that service is anti-consumer. Whatever. Says, you know, says the, you know, the same company that's just bought up a big fucking half ton of uh, the available developers. It's it's weird how <clears throat> every time Sony gets an exclusive, they're made out to be like the big villains. And yet they're the only people that are not buying entire companies. Yeah. They create business, their business deals. We go, we're not going to take, every, we're not going to buy the cow. We're just going to get the milk and we're going to sell the milk exclusively. The cow is still available. That cow can provide milk, different rounds of milk to any other company they would like. That is the, I believe the correct business attitude that is truly like pro-consumer because you're not choking out the market for the benefit of yourself and i'm sorry and i've said this before and i'll say it again it is disgusting that microsoft have so little faith in the studios that they currently own that the only way they can believe they can make money and support the service that they have created and like the the hole that they have created in the industry is to just buy more game buy more studios that is not the answer Support yeah. in-house, grow <clears throat> studios, have them make fucking games. Not fucking games, but games I mean, are good. If- like, if you want to make, like, look, if you made a fucking game, a game with hard fucking in it, I can only imagine that would sell really, really well. Except but, in Australia, where it'll be Except in Australia, it'll be hard banned. Hard banned. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then someone will be like, that's anti-consumer. I want, like, <laughs> I want full penetration in my video games. Um, I've really derailed myself. Uh, no, in the chat goes, and the end, they are bankrolling it to begin with. So, of course, they can decide the platform. Mm. Exactly. <clears throat> that is true anti-consumer. Uh, let's talk some old school versus new school. So, discussing Final Fantasy games can be divisive at times. Yeah, I don't want to hear that. Among- Fuck you. <laughs> especially <laughs> amongst the most dedicated fans. Each game is different, featuring its own combat mechanics, systems, and stories. Everyone has their favorite, which is Final Fantasy VIII, which usually just so happens to be the first game they played in the series. Naoki Yoshida knows this and is getting out in front of it in case, <laughs> in the case of the next mainline entry in the series, Final Fantasy XVI, a project on which he serves as producer. In an interview with the Japanese site Comic Days, which comes, uh, comes via VGC, Yoshida speaks to the concerns some more old school fans may feel about the series' shift to a more action-based combat. Quote, we want the world, especially the younger generation, to play the game. 
Also, the mainstream games nowadays are intuitive games where you press a button and the character shoots a gun or wields a sword. And the traditional RPG style of turn-based command fighting is no longer familiar to them. It is also a fact that people are becoming less familiar with old-fashioned style RPGs, where you fight by selecting turn commands. That's why the battles in Final Fantasy 16 are very action-based. We want to make people all over the world think that Final Fantasy is a great game. <laughs> of course, nice try. I don't. <laughs> of course, I don't think we'll be able to satisfy everyone's demands. So I've told everyone on the team that the first thing we need to do is to make something that we think is fun and make sure it reaches the people who like it. Role-playing games originate with tabletop RPGs, and I think that gaming RPGs were invented by replacing the tabletop discussions with commands inside the video game. As I said, I believe I know the fun of the command system RPGs, and I want to continue developing them, but I thought about the expected sales of Final Fantasy XVI and the impact that we have to deliver. So I'll let you discuss the, uh, the, the Final Fantasy side of this, and then we can talk turn-based versus action. So... I'm obviously a big fan of early Final Fantasy games. I love turn-based turn-based combat. It's 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 what I grew up playing. It's it's what I enjoy in that in that series and in that style of games. I love role-playing games that are turn-based. Now, I I still love action games and all that. I think some games have handled it quite nicely where they have that mixture of uh and command similar to that of i think final fantasy 15 did it mm -hmm. kingdom hearts has been doing it their entire like their entire series where they have commands down the side but you're still free roaming and essentially playing an action action adventure game if done well it can be great i hope this does that would i have preferred so, my biggest gripe with Final Fantasy VII Remake was that it wasn't turn-based. Like, I really... I was just hoping it was going to be pretty, but have the same core mechanics as the original game. And they're like, we kind of have that in, in the easy mode where everyone attacks automatically for you and you just select what, what skills and abilities and, and, and magics to use. And that kind of... Not the answer. It just doesn't feel the same. It takes, it kind of takes some sort of agency away from the player when it automates things, hmm. and it's just not the same. Now, not to say that that I, I think he has a point, and this new generation of gamer is so used to having action action based combat, action based gameplay that it makes sense to have that shift because. At some point, you you do have to change with what is becoming the norm to a degree. Mm -hmm. If you if you you're following what I'm what I'm saying, so I'm picking up what you putting down. Hopefully, I hopefully it's good. Like I'm I'm going to check it out regardless. I am a huge Final Fantasy fan from way back when. I just it sucks that they had to make this change, but I can understand why they had to make this change. Yeah, I'm, please, I, please don't do that. I, I get it. I'm very similar to yourself. I get it. I understand their reasoning why they'd have to transition to action because that is what people want to play. Like, I I guess outside of Final Fantasy, because I'm not a big Final Fantasy guy, I'm, I, I, most people might know I tend to keep it pretty secret. Um, 
But yeah, Final Fantasy is not for me. You got a tattoo on his ass cheek that just says, "I fucking hate Final Fantasy." It's in a lovely <laughs> cursive though, so it's really nice. Um, but no, it's one of those things where like it's interesting. Like when you when we started when we when you started talking about this, I was thinking about it. I'm like, man, I fucking dig uh, turn based games. And then my brain filled in the rest, and I went, actually, if you were to pull out a turn based game in front of me right now, I'd be like, ooh, that feels old. It is fascinating how like my brain went to a different space where like mm. having that turn-based system does feel old. Like not archaic, but old. And you know, it's just it's it's difficult. Could we look at successes of like uh, Persona 5, which really grabbed and ran with uh the turn-based stuff and it delivered in such a way. And I think the difference is that it hits a different part of your brain. Like there's a lot more strategy involved with playing um, turn-based because in the very similar as it, it, it referred to in tabletop role-playing games, it's strategy. Like you have information at hand that allows you to play better. You're not you're not being reactive. You're being proactive. And I, mm. I personally love that so much more. You know what I mean? Like I want to look into the encounter and go, hmm. But saying that though, I'm also clearly not smart enough to really process the full extent at which turn-based systems can work. Because I know that I'm a bit shit because I think about my time playing Pokemon and how I never use any status effects. I think about all the other turn-based games I use and I really focus on like damage and defense. I never think about status and buffs and this, that, the other. So like I essentially play like an action-based player Mm. but in turn base so I can I can I certainly understand the mix up there and why people like a certain way or the other but buddy watching the chat goes I played and loved so many turn based RPGs as a kid and now hate or have no interest in that gameplay I guess that's one of those things like you, you can either have nostalgia for it or resentment for it like you go oh man that's how it used to be it was so good or it's man I, I can't go back that's that's so it feels so old like we've had all these these uptakes like you know we had octopath traveler a few years back yeah we've had and and they you know they to a degree saw success and they are that that old school turn-based rpg it's just <clears throat> i guess it, it also played a difference in the fact that it was a 2.5d game and it lends itself to that style of yeah, gameplay I think that's the difference because it is, clearly channeled that old style final, of game Whereas Final Fantasy has definitely shifted into these full 3D, open world, big, grandiose areas where it kind of, it seems detrimental to be like, oh, you've run into an enemy. We're going to pop you on an enemy screen. We're going to make everything 2D. We're going to, you're going to attack in turn. And it, do you think that's I can the- see how that it would, it, it would interrupt the flow of the gameplay by doing something like that. Actually, that's very true, because even with, like, Final Fantasy XV, which I did try to play, by the way, um, it's one of those things where the second you go, and then you're in this suddenly little fight, so I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm. You know, so I guess, like, maybe it's one of those things, it's just like, yeah, maybe it's something that only really works in that 2D or 2.5D delivery method, like, that's where turn-based really works, but just saying that, though, once again, I got to use Persona as that example because Persona 3D has a little, but the music's so much better than that. Um, you know, it has these little 
battle scenarios. Like, it's interesting. Like, mm. Child of Light, as Shane brings up in the chat, had a very interesting turn-based uh, system. It was all it was all based around, like, different like, speed. So, like, yeah, it was all turn-based, but, like, some characters' turns would come quicker than someone else's. So, like, it, like it was a little, like, I think it was at the bottom, like a little bar. Yeah. And, like, someone would come across and someone would go... Just because they have so more they, speed or something. I think that awesome. has something similar in Octopath Traveler. I know Final Fantasy X used a similar system to that, where you could see where how the turn order would change depending on, uh, like which attack you use, because some attacks had higher speed than others and would put you higher in the mm. priority list. So, but you know, once again, you Child can of Light two days. Yeah, it's a tough one. Well, let us let us you know let's all be fucking youtubers about it let us know in the comments below do you think it's the fact that it's 2d or 3d that's affecting the use of uh turn-based combat or action combat you know let us know yeah comments below in the down below or head up our social media links in the description you know fucking like and subscribe there you go i hate being fucking that youtube stuff all right here's the big final news of the week it's the one that named the episode all your devs belong to us. What a relevant fucking Microsoft. We're not talking about Microsoft. What an incredibly relevant use of a, t- a news title there, Max. Did you do that on purpose because you knew that one of the yep. teams? Yeah, well done. All right. The ever-growing Embracer Group has announced another wave of Embrace with acquisitions that sees it take its ownership of, yep, the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit IPs via the acquisition of Middle Earth Enterprises. It is also- I like the way they don't own the rights. They bought the person that owns the rights. <laughs> yeah, they own, they own the rights to the guy that owned the rights that picked the rights up from this corner shop over there who owns the... You know, it's just this string of fucking nonsense. But um, pull out the soapbox. No! Do you know me well or what? Um, it has also brought Man Eater Studio uh, Tripwire Interactive Teardown Team, uh, Tuxedo Labs, and physical game publisher Limited Run Games, and the firm's first Japanese developer in Tatsujin. Ra- uh, rounding the company's latest wave of purchases is accessory brand Geotech, Swedish team Bitwave Games, and Syntrix, a team focusing on, quote, vocal processing effect technology for karaoke gaming and equipment, end quote. The ingra- the embrace what the embracer group actually has a ninth acquisition lined up, but it's not going to announce this one just yet. Ooh, it's the it's an end credit sequence of fucking acquisitions. What is this? What we do know it is what what we do know is it's quote another company within PC slash console gaming end quote. Who'd have fucking thought? And apparently the reason they've announced is because it's going to clash with one of their other purchases or something. And like the idea is that it's going to affect something in some way. So in other words, they fucking bought Harry Potter or something. Holy shit. They may have bought Harry Potter. (laughs) Oh shit. Like they own fucking Porky Games. Porky Games. Someone with 29 followers, tweet that shit. You, You heard it here first. You heard it here first. If you want fucking random podcast rumors, done. Embrace the group. Their next purchase is Port Key Games. <laughs> uh, owning Middle Earth Enterprises means Embrace the group now has access to, quote, a vast intellectual property catalog and world ri- worldwide rights to motion pictures, video games, board games, merchandising, theme parks, and stage production relating to the iconic fantasy literally works, The Lord of the Rings trilogy, and The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. 
They then followed up with a quote saying, that Amazon series looks a little bit shit, so we're going to can it right now. That's, that part's not true, but you can also put that on Twitter. Why not? It means the company now has a financial interest in Amazon's latest TV show, The Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power, out on 2nd of September, 2022. It also has a keen eye on The Lord of the Rings, Gollum. If suddenly- which recently got delayed. <laughs> yeah, which is delayed indefinitely. Probably for this reason. Uh, it's one of those things where, like, I guarantee you, it's, like, very similar to uh, the new Warner Discovery, whatever. There's, like, going to can Batgirl. Like, suddenly was going to can fucking Gollum or can the Amazon series. Meanwhile, the purchase of Limited Run Games hands the team the chance to expand its reach and take on more physical projects. Embracer Group CEO Lars Wingfors says, quote, They've built a strong band that resonates with players. We see opportunities for Limited Run to further grow their business with the, with, with, with the Carbon Engine by bringing back classic games and extend their footprint geographically through synergies and with other companies within Embracer Group. So, um, Max, you go first and then we'll have they're a chat. The, they're the Embracer conglomerate now. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, we've, we've both spoken about just buying shit up and Embracer have... The, apparently this deal wasn't even remotely close to being the the highest deal in in like games acquisition microsoft still have that record it i'm worried that we're now just going to see an absolute fuckload of shit lord of the rings games <laughs> um it's cool in the fact that um limited run games now has a big backer behind them so hopefully they get to do more cool stuff because yes. what they do is actually really awesome. And Embracer Group kind of have this gigantic back catalog of shit because they own everyone. So limited run games have got a lot of stuff that they can choose from now. It's just, it is concerning that they're just doing stuff like this. Hmm. I just, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 look forward, I, I look forward to hearing you rant about this. The thing for me, is that there's a lot of things at play here. Uh, and I guess the biggest thing is the, is the public perception of this. The Embracer group have, just because they don't, they're not spending as much money, there seems to be this collective joke that, oh, someone else has got brought up by Embracer group. Hey, like you, well, after this announcement, what did you see? Hey, I want to formally announce that I, as an individual, are being picked up. Hey, your mum's being brought as, you know, as a member of the Embracer group. Like there seems to be this chuckle at the idea yeah i guess of, the other thing is that they're also third party yeah is it because yeah so but is it because they're all double is it because they're all double a games primarily well, i mean they own what gearbox and uh, yeah they own some big but yeah they, they own a lot like they do own some triple a spaces however it's one of these things where they're not in the games buying business they're in the ip buying in in uh, in yeah. industry right that's their business that's their mo their model is not buying studios they are buying ip so what they'll essentially do is they'll have all this giant fucking drawer full of intellectual property they can fuck with and they'll farm it out to the 200 and something studios that they have i'm exaggerating but there's a fuck ton of studios um you know and one of the things i, I originally did like about embracer was the idea that they were buying up like not the buying up part, but like they're, they're were diversifying their purchases. Like they weren't just buying dev studios. They, they weren't just doing a Microsoft. They were also buying up, uh, you know, platform, you know, 
publishers and this, that, the other, like every part of the chain. So the idea is that they could own the entire um, production line from mm. development through to release and then we see that he would limited run games now limited run from memory like they do well but not well enough to really do a whole lot or grow or do more and especially if you're in the industry in the ip business if you have a, a a company that makes cool sellable shit like plastic shit whatever to people that just buy it because it's an ip they love or, or care for you're in the right space. You know what I mean? And like the industry, like the, the future of limited runs is only going to get better. So the idea that, oh, it's horrible that, ever, that you know, there's so much acquisition and mergers going on right now and Embracer is the, is the big center of it. Yeah, but they're about to release this plastic fucking statue that I'm really excited for. So I care less that it's everything's being bought by the same company. You know, it's still certainly better than the likes of Tencent or that... Um, there's another one that comes out of China, which is just Tencent in disguise. That there's the one out of Saudi Arabia. Like, there's a couple other companies that were trying to do the same thing, and this is, I guess, a slightly better one is, you know. But even then, it's like, what's the deal? Like, if you like uh, listening to some other podcasts, they talk about the financial side of this, right? The organic growth of the Embracer Group is at negative twelve percent. They are actually losing money in growth. The only dollar value growth that they have obtained is because of the purchase of these studios. Now, granted, because they're buying them so many and so frequently, like they never are in a position where those studios are going to make money. And the difficulty is, is they own so many studios, so many different IP, that are they half expecting just things to come out and just destroy each other? Like there's no, like, are you telling me there's no way that they're going to accidentally release two games in a similar window of similar space? Like, do they, would they just rather have six games come out at the same time? That like, well, let's own them. Let's flood the market rather than have one game that fucking, that just does the best it can in that space. Yeah. It's, it's a very <clears throat> difficult space. Like for me, I think the biggest challenge that I have is just this collective joke about embrace of buying everything how it's okay because they're the ones to, because it's all games that no one really gives a fuck about it's all middle of the range stuff it's like eh cool they're fine you know it's just fine like they're just nobodies but i'm sorry someone that can buy everything including the lord of the rings like they own everything the lord of the rings has outside of the books themselves mm. and I, I don't fear that they'll make a bunch of shitty games because the Lord of the Rings is cool, uh, and the the Tolkien uh, verse universe or intellectual property, whatever. I really wonder how deep there is lore to fuck with, like outside of the the main Lord of the Rings games, um, the mm. Hobbits, and there's what the Cimmerillion or whatever, and we've got that series that no one really cares about. Like is like the franchise doesn't have the love and respect it once had. So, you know, even if you look at the last the last two Lord of the Rings games that came out with Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War, that left a sour taste in people's mouths because of the the insane microtransaction filled version. And even so, they own the proprietary rights to the to the one thing that made the game cool, which was the Nemesis system, which is owned by EA. Yeah. It's not owned by the Monolith. <clears throat> or sorry, it's not yeah. owned by the whatever like it's not like, no matter any even if they make even if they happen to use their their ownership of the of the lord of the rings ip to make their own shadow of 
Wardor, you know, and they go, well, Shadow of Hodor, they bring Game of Thrones in it for some reason. Because the next thing you know, they're going to buy fucking Game of Thrones. That's, there you go. If it's not fucking Portkey Games, they are buying George R.R. R. Martin's Game of Thrones. And the reason they haven't announced it yet is because if they announce it, then they'll realize that they own both House of the Dragon, which comes out tomorrow or today at, at day of release, and the Amazon series. And they don't want to cam- cannibalize each other. So they'll go, ah, once the, once the series is ended or both series are running and not doing well, we can go, hey, we own both of these subpar TV series. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's, I, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that. The idea is the things that made those games cool weren't the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, and then Gollum looks fucking dead. Uh, in the chat, uh, Buddy Watson adds, and they don't have a platform they can hold all these IPs on and keep off competitors. Very, very true. And that is one advantage to them uh, comparatively, I guess. And But that still doesn't take away the overall impact of them owning all these companies. But yeah, because they just can't restrict it to a platform. Uh, and then Shane jumps in and goes, I'm curious what their end game is. I also have no idea what their end game is. Are they here to stay as a major publisher or are they just building to one day cash out? And that's my other thing as well. Like to me, this feels like a giant bubble within the gaming space in that everyone's, everyone's suddenly worth a lot more than they really should be. Everyone's bought together. And then the second, like right now, right now, like the Embracer group are very aware they're not making money because they're just just buying, right? Similar to Microsoft, they're just buying because they're not making enough money on the particular thing they want to work with. So what happens when they realize that there is no return on investment? They've bought too much. They've spread themselves too thin. Then what? They just they sell they, Lord of the Rings. They, they, they start selling these IP again, but for staggeringly less than what they're worth. Because like every, like I argue right now that everything that's being bought at the price they are, are inflated prices because of this current, this current appetite, right? It's housing market. It's the same as the housing market, right? Housing prices are fucking stupid, but they're about to drop real hard. So all these things, you know, like you've, so then you look at all these studios that have all these people because this influx of money, all their staff are getting paid more, this, that, the other. And then suddenly all these studios have to close or downsize because they, they could no longer afford to remain open, let alone to pay all these individuals. So there's all these workers that are suddenly out on their ass, but you know, the only thing they can do is take a massive pay cut, leaving potential massive risk for the individuals that work within the space. There is no positive way like as cynical and skeptical as I am in my daily life, I think it's with, it's a very high percentage. There's very, there is, I have little limited doubt in my mind that there will come a time where all this will backfire. But I'm happy to be proved wrong. No, also adds, and then George R. R. Martin will crack the shits that the ending is wrong, even if he hadn't finished the damn books yet. Well, that's what they're going to do. They're going to buy the rights and fucking tie him to a chair and make him finish it. It's like, stop stop rocking up in Kojima games, you fuck, and just make the damn books. Shane adds a bit of extra thought here. I don't see an industry bubble, but mismanagement at different publishers will lead to their own collapse, like THQ years ago, which is ironic because the Embracer group is built upon THQ and what became THQ Nordic and et cetera, et cetera. It's essentially potentially repeating the same path. Studios and IPs get sold off to the highest bidders. Industry is okay, though. Like, the industry itself will always continue. Games make money. They always make money. They become more expensive. But for me, what I'm thinking about here is the people that make them. Not the players. Fuck the players. It's the people that make them, right? 
Like, if this all goes pear-shaped, people are still going to get games to play. That doesn't change. But all the people that, all the people that make them get fucking reamed instantly. Yeah. And that's the magic. And that, that's, for me, is part of the concern. Because there will always be more games to play. Always. Uh, I really, hope someone, I really hope someone does fucking pick up the the portkey rumor that we just made up, <laughs> or, the, or the Game of Thrones one. I hope someone tags Gary Witter early. <laughs> it's just like it's a huge ragging on him. Yeah, fuck him. <laughs> like anyway. if he's claiming that he wrote for like he, there is no way that Gary Witter, the gentleman that wrote Rogue One, wrote Forspoken, because. Did I just move that with my freaking mind? That is not the same person. It can't be. Like the trailers for Forspoken are garbage. It's so shit. The gameplay looks fine. The world looks okay. But like, I can't. I just. Isn't Amy Hennig's? And Amy Hennig's like apparently the, involved in it somehow. Yeah, well. Like, yeah. is this. Are they just in as executive producers to put the name on it, but they just looked at the ship grip ones? No, they're listed as writers. Ew. Did they, like, write a sentence? Because if if they had written a big hunk of this game, I would get my name scrubbed from it. I'm like, can you please take me off? Because you make me look really bad. Uh, let's move on to quick bits. Some good news. Gotham Knights PS5 has gone gold. <laughs> Uh, if you okay. want to play the if you want to play the Modern Warfare Two campaign a week before it's released, pre-order it digitally because you get the campaign a week early with digital pre-orders on PS Five and PS Four. Interesting decision because, as we know, like the the profit margin with a digital version is staggeringly higher than any physical edition because you're not paying for printing and discs and this that the other. Yeah. So, like, cool, pay us more. We get more dollars. No one plays the campaign anyway. You're going to pre-order it for multiplayer. If anything, it, it, it's reassuring it's that someone will play it, the campaign. Yeah. Uh, Sony pulls leaked footage of PlayStation 5's Helldivers 2. Yeah, I know uh, a good friend, Padge, at Player 2, Paul, at Paul James Games. He's like, rock hard for Helldivers 2. I don't think I ever played Helldivers 1. I don't think. A Plague Tale Requiem has gone gold. Nah, bro. Too many, too many mice. And this guy has it preloaded, ready to go. Fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion is not only a mouthful, mouthful, but has been rated in Australia. Speaking of rock hard, Max, how are you with that news? Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits is getting a massive update, including a new game plus. I'm not going to go back, but cool. Uh, and get yourself hyped. For the end of days with the God of War story recap, Myths of Midgard. Yes. So uh, this week over at PlayStation's uh, social medias, YouTube's, watch, whichever, uh, they did release essentially this massive video. Uh, it was, uh, what's her name? She's in Critical Role. Felicia Day. I'm Felicia sure. Day. Huh? Felicia Day is the narrator uh, for this. And I think Mamiya is in there a little bit as well. And Supernatural fame. Yeah. And essentially uh, recaps everything that took place in God of War. Um, so if you're cutting into Ragnarok and need a refresher, go check out that video uh, because it is a nice recap of one of the greatest games ever made, in my personal opinion. Um, the idea is you could replay the game. It's It was free on PS Plus. It's, uh, it was originally, and it's also now free as part of this one. It was If you have a PS5, it was part of that collection too. So there's no reason you shouldn't play it. It's like 25 hours, not even, um, if you play it sort of down the line. 
The video is faster. The video is no. The video is not thirty hours, so I guess I can see why that would be a better incentive. Um, but the gameplay is so good, the story is so great. Um, I would much prefer you do that. And there's enough time between now and November that you it actually won't hurt you to play it now. Like if it was October right now, I'd be like, probably don't play it because you, then you yeah. go if you go and play Ragnarok and it's a little bit too much of the similar, too much of the same. So you go, hmm, this suddenly not as impressive. But it might, oh man, fucking hard, hard aroused for God of War Ragnarok. But until then, you've got, like, is it, if you're not going to go back and play God of War this week, which you probably should because really, really good, there are some other games that are coming out this week in a section, in a section called New Games This Week. <laughs> Cloudpunk comes to PS5 on August 19th. Madden NFL 23 comes to PS5 and PS4 on August 19th. Midnight Fight Express comes to PS4 on August 23rd. Uh, Saints Row on PS5 and PS4 does come out on August 23rd. It is two days away at the time of recording, Matthew. Bang on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Soul Hackers 2 uh, comes to PS5 and PS4 on August 24th. Shin-Chan, me and the professor on summer vacation. The Endless Seven Day Journey, PS4. Uh, The kissing isn't part of the title. It just feels like a very kissy game. Uh, I was a teenage exocolonist. Um, exocolonist that's that's hot PS5 to uh, 4 August 25th a prequel to the summer vacation with my professor uh, Idol Manager PS5 PS4 August 25th SD Gundam Battle Alliance PS5 and PS4 August 25th and Pac-Man World Repack PS5 slash 4 August 26th alright the answer is the answer is clearly Shin Chan me and the professor on summer vacation <laughs> The Endless Seven Day Journey. This is essentially going to be Call Me By Your Name, the video game. For those who don't know, Call Me By Your Name is a really cool artsy film um, with that uh, Chalamet kid that everyone has like bonus for. It's it's this love story between this young gentleman and an older man. It's actually a really good movie. Um, he has sexual intercourse with a peach. It's really weird. But the movie's really good. And uh, if this game is anything like that movie, which I highly doubt that it is, don't play it. Because it's not going to be that movie. Uh, Saints Row. The, the answer is Saints Row. The, the, the big one is, the, the obvious one is obviously Midnight Fun Express. <laughs> it looks great. Are you kidding me? Justified. Shane jumps in and goes, <laughs> justified bonus. Thank you very much. He's a treat. Big fan of uh, Charlemagne is that, Shane. I didn't know that. There you go. But wait, what's Midnight Fun Express? Are you being smart? What the fuck's Midnight no, Fun Express? Midnight Fun Express is that one that's been developed by that single dude. It's like that um, fucking fighting game on the um kind of like Sifu but not Sifu yeah but I have Sifu it was, like, it was shown off at like a bajillion uh set of players oh okay it looks awesome but we, no Which one, so if I look at it I'll go oh yeah that one you'll know it's yeah yeah nah Saints Row as, as I said at the start of the show for some reason is itching me like Saints Row seems right up my alley like if it's it seems that it's not quite as bull bombastic bullshit that we saw in like Saints Row Four. Oh, we're talking about Saints Row, yeah, cool. But sorry, like, I, was, I kind of zoned out. For yeah, balls to the wall, uh, bombastic. You know, we were still talking about me Charlemagne. And the yeah, you know, he balls to the wall, Charlemagne. Like, that is, is, is great. Um, oh well, there you go. If you head over to Well Played, uh, Well Dash Played dot com dot au, there is a review up right now for Midnight Fight Express. Uh, friends of the show over there. Go check them out. Uh, please read that review. Uh, yeah, but if it's anything like a bit more serious-ish in tone, like Saints Row Two, like but like with a bit with a bit more with a bit of silly in it, like then I'm right. I'm fucking keen. And looking at the trailers and the footage, etc., it's like 
It's silly enough, but not like superhero, you're the president of the United States bullshit that we saw in Saints Row 3 and 4. <laughs> or get out of hell, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. Put my main pickup. Cool. Anything else? that's everything sweet well thank you everyone for for joining us this week and uh i really hope you like the sound of my own voice because apparently i do and uh this week is just good 75 percent of me talking about something and look am i correct i don't know but i said it passionately ah <laughs> uh, that you did <clears throat> well everyone this PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to join us in future conversations with us, you can come and check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopculturist. <laughs> we can watch us record this show live. We can jump in the chat and become part of the show. <laughs> if you want to support this show you can tell your friends tell your family about this PlayStation pod if you are listening on podcast service sure to give us a 5 star rating and a written review if you watch us on YouTube be sure to like subscribe to a comment below I endeavor to answer every single comment and if you support us financially you can at patreon.com slash popculturist as well as our merchandise store popculturist.com slash shop where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it but until next week I'm Ryan Betson I'm Max Cooper. And as Shane in the chat says, shouting it makes it true. Content creation 101.